brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Organizations would not be, strictly speaking, militia. They would be posse comitatus of the sheriffs. And that authority that the sheriffs have is not a constitutional authority in the U.S. Constitution, where the sheriff doesn't appear. It may be a constitutional authority in a state constitution, but many state constitutions, Virginia is a good example. The sheriff is a constitutional officer, is required to be elected, but his specific authority would be limited by the General Assembly, whatever kind of statutes they pass. So sheriffs could be given fairly wide authority in some states and fairly narrow authority in others, whereas the militia have a constitutional basis where we can define exactly what their authority is supposed to be. So it would be much better in the long run to revitalize the militia. In the short run, if the best we can do is to have some good constitutionalist sheriffs uh, revitalizing their posse, comitatus, especially deputizing large numbers of people, maybe training them in certain ways, well, then let's go for that as a short-term solution. But I don't believe that that is the long-term solution. That's an okay. interim solution. All right. Thank you very much, George. Steve and PA. Steve and PA, you're on the air with Dr. Vieira. Go ahead, please. Yeah, uh, Dr. Vieira, I was wondering if you're aware of the civilian marksmanship program that was enacted by Theodore Roosevelt, and um, could you speak to its relevance today and also as a justification of the civilian familiarity with modern military um, small arms? Oh, of course I'm familiar with that, uh, and everyone should become familiar with it. Uh, for a while, at least, it was a very good way to obtain uh, surplus arms, such as the M1 rifle, M1 carbine, and uh, surplus ammunition, because all that stuff is now drying up. Uh, but uh, that goes back even further, uh, because you had the involvement of the National Rifle Association. National Rifle Association was formed for exactly that purpose, to train the average American in the use of of arms, and the National Rifle Association then had a very close connection with the War Department, later the, you know, the Department of Defense, uh, and so those two things sort of dovetailed, one on the private side and one on the public side. And I think, yes, people should go go to the CMP website, uh, see what they have. Uh, they have training, they have equipment, so forth and so on, uh, and then look back at the history of this. And what you see, the history of this is fascinating because what it shows, and actually the statutes are still there, what it shows is the recognition by Congress going well back into the 1800s of the necessity, the desirability and necessity to train all Americans in the use of arms. 
That's the militia principle. It's the people in arms, the nation in arms. Every adult, male and now female, from 16 on up, capable of performing the function of community self-defense. Hey, thank you, Dr. Edwin Vieira. Thank you so very much for joining us today. We're going to continue this discussion. We are not backing out of it, and we will continue to find out what the solution is. We'll have Dr. Vieira back on again. Sword and Sovereignty. Go to Amazon.com, put in Sword and Sovereignty, and Vieira, V-E-I-E-R-A. And uh, please, I'm sorry, V-I-E-I-R-A, V-I-E-I-R-A. And please check it out, ladies and gentlemen. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Please order from the Power Mall. We need your support. Been open, been closed so long. Tomorrow, Dr. Mark Millar, help for those who are depressed. Stay tuned tomorrow. There's a man named Dr. Wallach who is anything but your typical doctor. Both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician, Doc asks, Why does the United States spend more money on health care by far and still rank 50th in health and longevity worldwide? He believes that people should empower themselves with a basic understanding of nutrition, taking charge of their life, and attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs leading to side effects. This is clearly a deadly recipe. The good news is Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the big government and big pharma manipulation of our health care system. I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people about health care. Thanks, Alex. To purchase Longevity products, go to the KCAA website at kcaaradio.com and click on the Longevity banner on the upper right side of the KCAA homepage. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. Culture Shocks with your host, Barry Lynn. All right, and welcome to today's edition of Culture Shocks. This is Barry Lynn. The, uh, it seems like every other week you read about a state, often in the South, but not exclusively in the South, that has passed one new restriction against a woman's right to choose. One more law that either gets vetoed by a governor, then passed into law with an override. Whatever the trend is, whatever the way in which it happens, more and more legislation seems to be directed at making it difficult, ultimately on the way to making it impossible for a woman to choose abortion, or for that matter, even to choose many forms of birth control. Joining me in studio is Sarah Erdrich. She's uh, the author of the new book, Generation Row, Inside the Future of the Pro-Choice Movement. Sarah, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Okay, so there is a future to the pro-choice movement, even if Roe versus Wade were overturned by a Supreme Court decision next year. Yes, there will. Women have had abortions before Roe happened. Women will have abortions after Roe is gone if that happens as well. And there are a number of states that already have laws in place just to take care of if Roe does become overturned in that eventuality. So you're not likely to find in California, New York, Maryland, outside of the District of Columbia, these places are not going to automatically, no matter what the Supreme Court does, not automatically nor 
likely politically to make it impossible to obtain an abortion. That's correct. There are a handful of states that have laws in place to protect reproductive rights if Roe was overturned. On the flip side, there are a larger handful of states that have so-called trigger laws in effect. So if Roe is overturned, abortion would become illegal in those states. Would that be states like Mississippi, Alabama, South Dakota? Exactly. (laughs) And in those states... If you talk to a lot of people who do work who either live in those states or work in those states, abortion is essentially illegal now even though Roe is standing. It's illegal because with the exception of one or two doctors who might fly in, my friend Susan Wickland Mm -hmm. used to fly into North and South Dakota, but usually in the trunk of a car going from the airport to the clinic. So... There's no one there. Well, that's a huge problem um, that either providers are not able to to live in the state, so they have to fly in, which means that women only have certain days of the week that they can go to the clinic to get the procedure done. And also a lot of those states, particularly the Dakotas, are geographically very large. So if you only have one clinic in the state or for two states um, and the provider's only there a couple of days a week trying to have the money to travel to take the time off work, to line up your schedule so that you can obtain an abortion, becomes virtually impossible for a lot of women. If this happens in states, officially as it's happening, unofficially, but it's harder to, to figure out the numbers, but you point out in the book that in 1930, 18% of the maternal deaths in this country were caused by illegal abortion. And this parallels what, I think, anecdotally, what people who work with elder more elderly women now in the 60s, 70s, 80s, they all knew someone who had died from a botched abortion in the 30s or 40s or 50s. Oh, definitely. And that's one of the fears is that with a lot of providers, a lot of activists in the field right now, is that as abortion becomes harder to access, women will increasingly turn to trying to self-abort, Obviously, we're a lot of people are familiar with the famous coat hanger icon. Um, but another trend that we're seeing is with the availability of medications over the Internet, mm-hmm. women turning to those resources, which is incredibly dangerous and can have intra- incredibly tragic consequences. So there is a fear that as it's more difficult and expensive to get this medical care, women will literally take matters into their own hands. The danger on the Internet, I assume, is because even a drug that is usable for the purpose intended still needs supervision by nurses and doctors. And then I assume some of the stuff that's sold on the Internet is just poison. I mean, it's literally not what it says it is. Well, exactly. And I think that can go for a lot of drugs, not just, mm-hmm. not just those sure. used for, uh, for termination. But if you think about even with medication abortions where the woman can take pills to have a termination early in the pregnancy, she goes to the doctor to get those pills. Mm-hmm. She has a nurse examine her. She goes in for follow-up. So there are a lot of these safety guidelines in place to make sure that this is a safe procedure that she can do at home. You've talked already about some of the providers and some of the people in the, the movement as it exists today to preserve reproductive choice and reproductive justice. I, I did a column about a year ago about a young woman I met at a book signing. She works at NARAL or did at the time. She had expressed her disappointment that in so many uh, other organizations, at least, she just didn't feel that 
the elders of the pro-choice movement cared what she thought or even understood that she had, in fact, planned to sign up for the long haul. This was going to be what she did until women's rights were secured. Is that a common theme? It is. You know, I, I interviewed a lot of activists for this book, and the focus was looking at those who were born after 1973, mm-hmm. so who grew up with legal abortion and are the next generation, or we're now even to the two next generations, yeah. after Roe became law. And a lot of the activists and some of the providers I spoke with had experience working at what I call the mainstream organizations, mm-hmm. NARAL, Planned Parenthood, National Abortion Federation, now. And while these organizations, and I'm speaking from personal experience here as well, while they can give a great grounding in in the field, and they can open a lot of doors with their names, there is definitely a sense among the activists I spoke with that they're not, they're very, in a lot of cases, beholden to donors, they're beholden Mm -hmm. to political allies. So they can't always be perhaps as forceful as those of us who have grown up with this subject being so polarized would like to see. Do you think that there was a lost opportunity at the Democratic National Convention when two people, I know them both, Sandra Fluke and and Cecile Richards at Planned Parenthood, uh, talked about this as a women's issue and a women's health issue, but didn't really say that the people on the other side who are really motivating the anti-choice movement happen to be the Catholic Church and a whole lot of right-wing Protestants? Yeah, I I think that... With both those examples, but in a lot of the political rhetoric around the most recent election, Mm -hmm. I think there are a ton of lost opportunities to really talk about who is attacking women's rights to choose and just how accepted that's become. It's it's accepted because uh, people don't fight back on the same terms as the people who are trying to take choice away? I think part of it is... I am very happy that Roe was made law. I don't mm-hmm. want to say anything of negative course, about Roe itself. But I think that allowed the pro-choice movement for a number of years to become very complacent mm-hmm. and to say that this is accepted and so therefore let's move on to other things. And I think that the anti-choice movement has never let themselves become that complacent. So I think that there is a lot of energy always around the anti-choice movement that the younger generation of that movement has grown up with, whereas those of us on the other side perhaps have grown up saying, oh, we have Roe, and that's great. So I think there's yeah. a different mindset that, that is kind of at the root of this. Uh, people are silent, though, on the pro-choice side in many ways. You point that out extensively in the book. One out of three women, though, you say, will, in fact, over the course of their reproductive life, have an abortion. We still don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe moms don't even talk to their daughters about it, and you have to go to a book like Gloria Felt's book from mm-hmm. a few years ago, telling the story. Very much, and that's one thing that I, having worked in the field, and a number of my colleagues say that mm-hmm. when people learn that you work in pro-choice, you become the safe person. You hear all the stories mm-hmm. because they know that you're not going to judge them, right. and they don't have that assurance from, sadly, even a lot of people who are closer to them than we are. Interesting. So... You become the sounding board. You become the person to explain that it's okay because the culture isn't quite sure that it is. We're going to get back to that in a minute. As we continue this conversation, we're talking about the new book, Generation Row, Inside the Future of the Pro-Choice Movement, with its author, Sarah Erdrich. We'll be back.
Hilton Culture Shocks with Barry Lynn on the Genesis Communication Network. Every month, Americans United for Separation of Church and State publishes an award-winning magazine called Church and State. It exposes efforts by the so-called religious right to eat away at the core principles of religious freedom. Should your tax dollars fund expensive private religious schools and cut back funding for your local public schools? Should government bureaucrats get back in the business of writing unity prayers for your children to recite at school? Should we teach good, solid science or replace it with religious messages? about intelligent design? Should special interest groups force your school library to take popular books from the Harry Potter series to Judy Bloom novels off the shelves? These are the issues explored every month in Church and State magazine. To learn more, go to www.au.org. Americans United fights to protect and promote the constitutional principle of church-state separation. For more information, please call us at 1-800-875-3707. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic any time. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. American gardeners and fellow patriots, make the right choice with your money, time, and your family food supply. Choose 100% pure heirloom seeds in the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. Why spend more? The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com is only $37.95 and includes 20 varieties of pure, hardy, easy-to-grow heirloom seeds. Yes, only $37.95. That's 70% less than our competitors. You could buy three Survival Seed Vaults for less than one of theirs. The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com includes detailed planting and seed-saving instructions and ships same day. Plus, all orders over $49 ship free. MyPatriotSupply.com is American-owned by patriots like you, passionate about freedom and preparedness. Call now, 866-229-0927. That's 866-229-0927. Or discover more emergency preparedness items when you order at MyPatriotSupply.com. Choose the original. Choose the Survival Seed Vault at MyPatriotSupply.com. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves 
absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM1, the raw probiotic. All right, we're back here with women's health advocate uh, Sarah Erdrich, who is the author of the new book, Generation Row, Inside the Future, the Pro-Choice Movement. And there will be a future to the Pro-Choice Movement, even if Roe versus Wade is, in fact, overturned. Uh, just within uh, the last 24 hours, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg announced that she would certainly be staying on the court for at least another year and a half, uh, which could be very good news if any issue like this comes up before the court. But, of course, it gives this president perhaps fewer years to get a solid pro-choice person on the United States Supreme Court to replace Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, assuming that no one else. Uh, Sarah, the, you can organize a lot of things on the Internet. You can, you can kickstart art projects, you can do a lot of things, and you can raise money about choice on the Internet, particularly if the government is attacking you, as the House did with Planned Parenthood, but can you organize people to do something other than like a group, hit that like button, and then think, what else do I have to do? That's a really good question, and that's something that I've personally struggled with, looking at the rise of Internet activism. I think you can, if, if you want to. I, one of the things that I found most useful in using online media is not so much raising money, but is being able to find like-minded people and being able to hear stories on a more personal level. There are a number of group blogs about reproductive rights issues, about working in direct service, about being clinic escorts, or about looking at various aspects of reproductive, reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. And I think that the value in these websites is that you're learning about abortion, you're learning about why women make this choice on a level that goes deeper than a lot of right. political, a lot of news sure. reports. So from that angle of being able to really dive deep into a subject, mm-hmm. I think online can be a very good starting point. When you get online and you're able to do that, you, you possibly can gin up interest from people who think it's all over. You know, you mentioned earlier that the, the pro-choice side kind of thinks we still have Roe, we're going to keep it. Uh, who knows, even a moderate jurist uh, appointed by someone might turn out to, on just on the basis of keeping the law the way it is, might affirm it. Maybe we don't have anything to worry about. When you look at public opinion polling, very few people on either side of this debate over reproductive choice, in fact, vote solely or even pre- predominantly on that issue. Yet, in state after state, as I said at the beginning, most recently I think in Alabama again, uh, anti-choice legislation passes with barely a, a shudder. And, and when it's vetoed, as it, it was in Alabama recently, it, it's just overturned immediately. So there's something not just about the passion that the anti-choicers have, but also their extraordinary political strategists. 
seems to be. Well, I I agree. And I think that the anti-choice side has also been very savvy with the messaging they use, with how they form, with how they propose a lot of these restrictions. It's very much couched in women's health and safety language. Mm -hmm. And it's also couched in language about the family, about the child, which is very seductive language, Mm -hmm. particularly for those people who may not who are what I call abortion neutral, who have mm-hmm. never really thought about the subject in depth, it's never affected their lives. So to hear messages that say, oh, we want to ban abortion after 20 weeks for the woman's health or because the fetus might feel pain, on the surface of it, that's not a very controversial message. Right. But the reality is there's no science behind fetal pain. Mm-hmm. There's no medical evidence to support banning abortion and in terms of women's health, for, to follow through on this one example, that can put a woman's health in jeopardy if she needs to have an abortion at a later point in pregnancy mm-hmm. for her health or because the fetus has severe abnormalities. So it takes going deeper than this messaging, but like I said, the anti-choice side can be very creative and very clever, and for the pro-choice side, it can be a bit more of an uphill battle. Sure. Because as one of the providers I interviewed said, you know, privacy is just not as compelling an issue as life. It's just, it's it's plain and simple. It's, it's harder to argue. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think in many ways, and I've said this in many places, if Roe had been decided on another grounds, even on the grounds that only one justice at the time even thought about, that this was the imposition of a moral value based on a, on a religious view of the fetus, if that had been the grounds, now I think it would be easier to champion that cause as you look at conflicts, controversy, and scandal in the Roman Catholic Church, you know, you go, well, why are they telling me what to do? But unfortunately, we have to argue it constitutionally from a privacy mm-hmm. ground. Is this possible? What if middle class and upper middle class women in particular just thought, well, we're pro-choice, but frankly, we're never going to need this. And moreover, if we did, we could afford it. And so that discounts their interest. They maybe don't take it as seriously. Any any truth to that? I think so. And just anecdotally, and I've seen that in my own life, I, several years ago I was speaking with a friend of mine who was in her first pregnancy, and we were talking about this book, and I mentioned that I had recently spurred on by one of the providers I interviewed. Mm-hmm. I had talked to my own gynecologist and said, I'm not pregnant. I don't plan on becoming pregnant anytime mm-hmm. soon, but if I needed abortion care, could you do this at this clinic? Mm-hmm. And so my doctor and I had a very interesting conversation about being able to access care. Mm-hmm. And I told my friend this story, and her reaction was, well, I would never ask my doctor that because I'm never going to need an abortion. Really? And yeah. it was exactly what you're describing, yep. that it's something she never, and she was fortunate that it was a healthy pregnancy, she has a healthy sure. child. So I can understand that mindset. No one wants to think that they may be in a situation where pregnancy would have to be terminated. That's right. usually indicative of health problems, of financial stress, of relationship stress. It's usually indicative of larger yeah. things going on in your life, but it's very important to think uh, about. If you find a, a doctor and can have a conversation with her or with him, a lot of people can't even find that doctor because medical schools, uh, with rare exception, act like this is, this is the lowest procedure to talk about or to show people how to perform on the entire totem pole of medical interventions. Is that right? That's the, mm-hmm. I, I think so, yes. It's very difficult for medical students. Mm-hmm. 
in particular to receive any training in their four years. Uh, some students I spoke with said if they get even an hour of a lecture, then that's kind of a success, mm-hmm. which is especially troubling when you consider that the skills learned in abortion care are also applicable to other forms of OBGYN sure. care, and particularly early terminations, which is when the majority of abortions happen. Those skills are very similar to if you're having a miscarriage. So it's very mm-hmm. important for doctors to know these skills for all their patients. Yep. There, there is a student, uh, medical students for choice group, very, was very active, and I suspect that some campuses and some universities still is, but nevertheless, it's got to be the dean and the academic faculty to make a decision to do more than give a lecture for an hour and actually take this aspect of women's health care seriously. When we come back, we're going to rejoin this conversation. The uh, the book is Generation Row, Inside the Future, the Pro-Choice Movement. When we come back, we're going to look for a minute at, at Sarah... Erdrich's view of the uh, anti-choice movement. Uh, she alluded to how they make things up about fetal pain. They make up a whole lot of stuff. They are true hypocrites and frauds. Oh, my goodness. That's among their many, many sins. We'll be back on Culture Shocks. You're listening to Culture Shocks with Barry Lynn on the Genesis Communication Network. Our nation's founders believed that all Americans have the right to worship according to their own beliefs or not to worship at all. So strong was their commitment to religious freedom that they enshrined it in the first sentence of the Bill of Rights. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. We call this constitutional guarantee the first freedom. Religion is deeply personal. And Americans must be free to practice without coercion. There must be a separation of church and state. We are on the verge of losing this fundamental freedom. You may wonder, what can I do? The answer is simple. Do what our founders did. Sign your name to a very important document, the First Freedom First Petition. Go to www.firstfreedomfirst.org and sign it today. By standing together, we can send a powerful message to our elected officials. Radio advertising on GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is simple, affordable, and reaches millions. How do we do it? Let's break it down. First, the simple part. You tell us about your business. (laughs) Then our expert radio copywriters write your copy. We hire professional voice talent. Hello there. I'm a professional announcer. And then produce your ad with just the right music and feel. Voila! Simple. How affordable? 60-second ads on GCN are the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And that brings us to reach. Millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 700 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. That's it. A one-stop shop. Creative radio ads. Very affordable rates. Millions of potential customers and customer service that can't be beat. See our current list of satisfied advertisers at GCNlive.com. Then shoot us an email. Advertise at GCNlive.com. 
Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service, fast, free, same-day shipping, and a 30-day warranty and satisfaction guarantee. So are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle? Then call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Or visit LeSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. All right, we are back. We're here in studio with Sarah Erdrich, and she is the author of Generation Row. Uh, look at the kind of new directions, in many cases, of the pro-choice movement. Younger people, younger activists getting involved in making sure that no matter what happens to Roe versus Wade, the legal case, that there's a movement to make sure that women's reproductive health is preserved anyway, if it comes to that. Sarah, we were talking about some of the lies of fetal pain. That's a, a total fraud. No matter how many times they show uh, you pictures of a needle going into amniotic fluid and then the apparent movement of a fetus, this is not indicative of pain by any serious scientific standard. That's true. And fetal pain is something, like I said, is very controversial. The American College of um, gynecologists and obstetricians, I believe has not, has, at least as um, was accurate a couple of years ago, had not taken a stance on fetal pain. They said that the evidence showed that it, there was not evidence that it existed. Yeah. Um, there was a very well-reported study that came out of the United Kingdom several years ago that showed that fetal pain before the 24th week did not appear to exist. And, and it also cast some doubt on if even after the 24th week, mm-hmm. fetal pain could be felt, could be monitored. Are the anti-choice people still showing the silent scream? I'm, I'm sure they yeah. are. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, this, of course, a film made, what, in the mid-70s, I think? Mid-70s or yeah. early 80s, yeah. but yeah. Fairly. 
is still being shown to, to make a point that science can't make. Now, here's something that's more dangerous, more damaging even than that claim, and we start to see it in all of these contraception conscience cases that are floating around the courts, and we've talked about them on the show a number of times. Most forms of birth control, according to the Roman Catholic hierarchy, most of the evangelical or fundamentalist Christian business people trying to exclude their own employees from coverage, they say most forms of birth control, in fact, prevent the implantation of a fertilized egg. That means most forms of birth control are abortions, and of course all abortion is murder. That's a given. Therefore, birth control is murder. Now, that is something that you would think would even get some of the uh, moderate to moderately wealthy uh, folks worrying about, well, even if I don't think I'm going to go into a hospital and get an abortion, I would like to continue to use a pill. They would say no. Well, yes, and I think, you know, we saw last in the last election cycle that the, con- the role of contraception and women who use them became a very hot issue. Mm-hmm. And I think that that did actually have a an effect of getting more people, both women and men, more active in saying, wait, we might never choose abortion, but we like being able to control when we're going to have a child. We like having right. access to contraception. And I think the anti-choice movement may have gone... To the, to the general public, that may have been a step too far. Right. Uh, although now they couch it as if this was a, a religious argument. It's our religious freedom that is at stake. Even for a co- purely commercial enterprise, my favorite example, and saddest and most pathetic, a guy who, among other things, has a, uh, a petting zoo in Michigan who does not want his women employees to be covered with contraceptive care. So that continues. You mentioned men. Are we any value in this, in this whole movement? Because, you know, from the, almost from the beginning, and Bill Baird, who's been on the show a number of times, I mean, he's frankly been ostracized by the, most of the women's movement for his entire life, uh, although he brought two cases. And admittedly, they didn't want him. Many of the women's groups did not want him to bring the cases. He did. He got arrested for distribution of contraceptives in Massachusetts, got all the way to the Supreme Court, won. Uh, So is this something men ought to think about, or should they just go and save seals? I think men definitely have a role in reproductive rights. I think you know, it's not as one of the um, one of the policy people I interviewed said. It's not like most men want nine or eleven children either, any <laughs> yeah. more than most women yeah. do. So yes, I think that men's lives are greatly enriched by the ability to decide when to start a family, mm-hmm. to decide whether to start a family, just as women's lives are. And I think that men are equal stakeholders in reproductive rights. Obviously, the woman who is the one who has to who is pregnant, I. I do feel that she should have the final word on the pregnancy if it continues or not. But it's also important for men to be active participants in ensuring that women's rights are kept sacred, are kept Mm -hmm. safe. Uh, We talked about some of the pseudoscience, the pain, nonsensical pain claims that uh, are certainly not scientifically supported at this point. I I personally think unlikely in the future, Uh, birth control equals abortion. That's based on pseudoscience, too. But then there are a lot of other phony things. For example, they create these crisis pregnancy centers, and most of them appear to be, in my experience, and and I've, I've asked, 
people in the anti-choice movement is they're in the suburbs. They're not in the inner cities. Yet the inner cities, of course, in the famous, and you talk about it in the book, this, this famous billboard campaign showing a black child as an endangered species because the premise is that all these white uh, Planned Parenthood and other advocacy groups just want to kill off black kids. But it's a total scam, and in fact, they don't even go into the inner cities to preserve or to fund adoption. This is not exactly on the top of the agenda of the anti-choice movement. No, it's not, particularly given that a lot of anti-choice politicians are the same ones that will will vote to not fund social programs and things that actually could very much help children and help families. But you... Crisis pregnancy clinics, I think, are particularly interesting. During the course of researching this book, I became pregnant. And so I talked my husband into going with me to Mm -hmm. a crisis pregnancy clinic because I wanted to see firsthand what exactly would they tell a pregnant woman who said, I'm not sure what I want to do about my pregnancy. And this clinic actually was in the middle of Washington, Mm D.C., so it was in a more urban area, which surprised me because mm-hmm. uh, it was in Capitol Hill, which is traditionally a rather progressive neighborhood. Sure. And the visit itself was very low-key. I, I do have to say the woman was very nice. She was very mm-hmm. polite. But the information they gave us to take home was just shocking. It was just completely full of misrepresentations of what abortion is, of what abortion providers do, very misleading statistics about mm-hmm. contraceptive. I mean, their main message was abstinence is the only thing that works, mm-hmm. which if you're going to a crisis pregnancy clinic, you're probably not practicing abstinence. Right. You right. know, so maybe the message should be a little bit more realistic and mm-hmm. a little bit more helpful to the people who they're serving. And what really disturbed me about this visit mm-hmm. was, you know, I've research the subject a lot. I know a lot about this, but if I were a scared teenager getting this material for the first time, I I would be terrified and I would sure. feel completely alone. And so the thought that these that this is who these clinics are preying on mm-hmm. is people who are scared and don't have resources where they could be giving them good neutral information from American from ACOG, American sure. College of Obstetricians, exactly. Gynecologists, there are resources out there that are partisan that don't say what to do one way or the other, yet these clinics are ignoring that. It, it really goes to just how they're pushing a message to say, here's what we think you should did, do with your did, body. Did you uh, disclose that this was actually your husband, or did you just bring, you did? I did. So, so I then did. they said, well, you should keep the child, I assume. They didn't say, oh, we have adoption services. They said that, well, we, you know, we're faith-minded, mm. so we, mm. we're not going to talk to you about abortion, but we hope that you'll make the right decision and we'll be praying for you. I see. So they were not okay. subtle in no. what they thought we should do. Yeah, it doesn't sound like there's much subtlety there. And I think uh, you find, yes, it is in the middle of Washington, Capitol Hill, but it's also, it, it's not the f- poorest section by any stretch of the imagination in this fair city from which this radio show emanates. Sarah Erdrich is my guest. She's the author of Generation Row, Inside the Future, the Pro-Choice Movement. Uh, C. Everett Koop, the former Surgeon General of the United States, died last week. Uh, I was surprised that he didn't get more grief for doing the wrong things, although there is one example where he actually did the right thing. We'll talk about that in a minute. Right here on Culture Shocks, I'm Barry Lynn.
Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Every month, Americans United for Separation of Church and State publishes an award-winning magazine called Church and State. It exposes efforts by the so-called religious right to eat away at the core principles of religious freedom. Should your tax dollars fund expensive private religious schools and cut back funding for your local public schools? Should government bureaucrats get back in the business of writing unity prayers for your children to recite at school? Should we teach good, solid science or replace it with religious messages? about intelligent design? Should special interest groups force your school library to take popular books from the Harry Potter series to Judy Bloom novels off the shelves? These are the issues explored every month in Church and State magazine. To learn more, go to www.au.org. Americans United fights to protect and promote the constitutional principle of church-state separation. For more information, please call us at 1-800-875-3707. Hey there, my name is Frank Bates. Do you know the number one most valuable item in a crisis? Some people think the answer is gold. Others think it's a gun. But the correct answer will shock you. I just created a free video at Crisis123.com that reveals a surprising item that is more valuable than gold in a crisis. 97% of Americans don't have this one critical item. In fact, they haven't even given it a thought. And the sad truth is that you may not survive without it when a real crisis hits and a starving mob is right outside your door. What I have to tell you could literally make the difference between life and death for you and your family. Watch my video at Crisis123.com to discover the number one most valuable item in a crisis. You'll be shocked. See the controversial video that thousands of other smart patriots have already seen in the last three months. Go watch my video now at Crisis123.com before they force me to shut it down. Again, that's Crisis123.com. Your freedoms are on the line. The Second Amendment is in danger. How soon before your freedoms are taken away? What can you not live without? What is your greatest dependency? Is it your guns? Is it your home? No, it's food. It all boils down to the food supply. Tyrannical governments control people by controlling their food supply. Don't be dependent. Be self-sufficient. Don't wait for the government to feed you. Feed yourself. I can warn you, but I can't feed you. Do like Alex has done and get a supply of food from eFoods Direct. It's the best long term storable food on the planet. Get the popular Mega Patriot Pack free. A 24-day supply of food plus stove, cook pot, and fuel. Call 800-250-1857 or go to eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex and get up to 20 Mega Patriot Packs free with purchase. Build your food supply, be in control, be self-sufficient, and be a patriot. Call 800-250-1857 or eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex and get your free Patriot Pack today. Farmers keep livestock lean and healthy with a mineral-rich diet. Then, before market, they cut off minerals, leading them to crave high-calorie grains. If weight control is this easy, why prescribe surgery for humans? Introducing Longevity. You could avoid 900 diseases by getting 90 essential nutrients from Longevity. Check out 90 for Life at tobeyoungagain.com or call 855-79-YOUNG. That's 855-79-YOUNG or tobeyoungagain.com. Longevity. It's all about saving money, getting healthy, and creating wealth.
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. In studio with Sarah Erdrich. She is uh, the author of the new book, and I think a very important book, Generation Row, Inside the Future, the Pro-Choice Movement. Sometimes books on this topic get so heavy with personal stories that you kind of can't put it into context. Sometimes they become so top-heavy with statistics and analysis that you can't figure out who the real women are making these these decisions. Uh, before we get to see Everett Koop, is this a difficult decision, uh, a really difficult decision for individual women uh, to make, or, or is it, as the anti-choice people say, really pretty simple? I mean, women are just using this as a form of birth control. Well, first of all, I don't think any woman uses this as a form of birth control. I mean, it's expensive, it's time-consuming, it's not the easiest thing to access, as we've discussed. So, to say that women use this as birth control, just that's just evidence of the misunderstanding yeah. by anyone who would make that statement. And as for how individual women approach this, I really think the answer, there are as many answers to that as there mm-hmm. are women that have abortions. Mm-hmm. Women choose abortion for so many reasons and have so many emotions following abortion, and none of those are the wrong emotions. No. You know, some women feel relief because they were able to make a decision that may have been hard but was the right one for them, and that's the kind of sure, relief you feel sure. for any decision. Some women do feel sadness, not not so much that they wanted to continue the pregnancy per se, mm-hmm. but sadness for the other circumstances in their life that made choosing an abortion the exactly. right one. And, and that's a pretty important distinction. It's, it's about what could have been if circumstances had been different. Very much. Yeah. And in fact, in 1987, to go back to C. Everett Koop, Surgeon General in the Reagan administration, controversial, sat around for a year waiting to be confirmed, as I recall, just because he had been such an anti-choice advocate, had helped to make a film that is still shown uh, today uh, called Whatever Happened to the Human Race. And uh, he was a very controversial figure. In 1987, though, he's asked to do a report on this very question. How do people feel? What are the psychological consequences of having an abortion? The presumption by the Reagan administration was he's our guy. He's going to say, yep, it's really serious. Not what happened. Exactly. And I believe that Sanford Coop was reluctant to make, to write this report because even though he personally was anti-choice, you mentioned the, the film and there is a book, I believe, that accompanied that yes. as well. Um, even though he personally was anti-choice, he suspected that this request was driven more by ideology, mm-hmm. not by health concerns. And I do have to give him credit that he was able to draw the line, which a lot of people are not, between ideology Personal between personal opinion and ideology. 
But eventually he did. He and his staff did do the research into this question. They found a very small number of reputable studies. Most of them were very weighted Mm -hmm. one way or the other that they would not use those. And the conclusion that he drew was that no one could say, that he could not offer a definitive statement on whether abortion is psychologically harmful to women. And that that conclusion did not go over well with a number of people in the Reagan administration, Reagan supporters, and a lot of members of the public who expected something different. No, exactly. And I do remember doing radio with a very conservative guy, kind of crossfire kind of uh, program, and he was so stunned he could hardly issue enough possible justifications, excuses, or exemptions from this report that had come out a few hours before we went on the radio. So uh, he really did disappoint. But even at the end of his life, he was still anti-choice for all kinds of religious and philosophical reasons. And I I was a little surprised at how little uh, negative reaction there was to him. Now, there is a tendency in the news media, once you're dead... Uh, to offer modest criticism, uh, but um, I was still a little surprised. Well, that's true. I was, I was surprised as well by the attention that his passing drew. I have to say, I was also, I guess, more. I was surprised, and in a pleasant way, that a lot of the attention was focused on how progressive he was about AIDS awareness and mm-hmm. education. That right. that. I expected there to be more in the media reports about his passing, um, about the Coop report on post-abortion syndrome. Yep. But I guess that was secondary to sure. his other work. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I don't know whether he thought it was because he, he still, uh, to I assume his dying breath, opposed abortion under virtually all, if not all, circumstances. Uh, to combine some of the issues we've talked about, about religion and also medical schools, Every state now has a conscience clause that says physicians, not necessarily anybody else down the chain of command in hospital, but physicians don't have to perform abortions if it violates their conscience. And parallels are often uh, drawn with conscientious objection to war. If people really are against war in any form, they're not going to be sent to combat. But was it a mistake to start this conscience clause idea to say that a woman's choice should be circumvented by a physician's personal theology? Did that lead us on a slope that now is leading to the, uh, you know, the petting zoo that won't cover contraception because the guy thinks contraception is abortion? That's a good question. I have to say I think that's also a difficult question to mm-hmm. answer because people should not be forced to do something that goes against their morals, and I do think that is important. But by the same token, only applying abortion or reproductive health issues, because this hospitals and pharmacies will also have conscious clauses for contraception, mm-hmm. uh, for sterilization procedures, so the re- anything that kind of falls under the reproductive rights umbrella. That just further exoticizes abortion, and yep. it, sta- it makes it stand out. I think if there are also conscious clauses where a physician could say, you know what, I really don't want to treat this guy because he was beaten up by the woman he tried to rape, and I think rape is horrible, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to treat him. Mm-hmm. Okay, then that's a different, that could be just as valid sure. an objection to have. But we're not talking about no. that. Medical schools and hospitals aren't saying, here's how you treat a person whose physical actions may have landed them in the hospital, and those actions may have been horrible. 
but you still have to treat them. So it's the singling out of anything that has to do with women's reproductive health that I find most troubling with these clauses. Right. Yeah, and I think, uh, of course, the, the bad news is if you expanded them, and we did talk about all these other things, and there would be more and more things both at the beginning and the end of life that people would decide perhaps at the spur of the moment they were objecting to and weren't going to do. But it is true that the last time the House of Representatives looked at this, they were willing to say that even in an emergency room, women could simply be ignored by the entire medical staff if the hospital, not the individual practitioners, but the hospital didn't believe in abortion, and even though they knew, looking at this woman, that she needed one in order to survive. I mean, that's how extreme these folks are. And I think at that point, you're going beyond morals. I mean, yeah. you're, you're going, if it's an emergency situation, hot doctors, nurses, these are professions where you are get in them to help people. You take an oath to help people, and to that's what you're trained to do. And to ignore someone who is in such crisis, I'm not sure how you can justify that. No. Uh, final uh, issue. Uh, my wife is a physician who works at the end of life and works with very elderly and very frail people, mainly women who outlive their husbands by about three years. Um, she says one of the problems is there's no images in the media about dying ex unless you're shot in a cop show or you get smothered in a moor that won Best Foreign Film. Is it the same with abortion? Are there any good portrayals of it in the media? There are starting to be. I think throughout, you know, I, I do examine this question in the book, mm -hmm. um, which I had a lot of fun doing. Yeah, I bet. And I think the majority of the representations you see in the media about abortion are still either they are resolved with uh, the trope of the conveniently timed miscarriage mm -hmm. or with a woman deciding I'm going to have an abortion and then she changes her mind in the waiting room and continues the pregnancy. That said, I think there are a number of films, um, one of my favorites being Dirty Dancing, mm -hmm. that represents abortion not as something that will derail a woman's life. I think there are also TV shows. Um, both for teenagers and adults that yeah. can present this in a positive light. All right. Uh, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, we've been talking to Sarah Erdrich. She's the author of Generation Row, Inside the Future, the Pro-Choice Movement. By the way, if you're listening to this out in the Los Angeles area or down in Riverside, Book Soup uh, will feature a discussion of this with Sarah on Thursday, March the 21st at Book Soup in Los Angeles. That does it for today's edition of Culture Shock. I'm Barry Lynn, and uh, we will talk again. edition of Culture Shocks has been produced by Diane Robinson, engineered by Dwayne Davis, and the Genesis Communication Network technical staff. Visit us online at cultureshocks.com.
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carding to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Weakened by GMOs, stressed out about money, and blasted by the electric environment. Hi, I'm Pastor Ginny, and that was the state I was in back in 2010. Then I learned about RNA drops. I learned that 97% of my DNA that scientists have called junk is actually packed with millions of gene switches that play a critical role in controlling how my cells, organs, and other tissues behave. I learned I don't have to put up with disease, decay, or decline like I'd been conditioned to believe. I began taking RNA drops, a 100% natural formula designed to turn on those switches and provide me with amazing health. Enjoy. Learn more about RNA drops and order a free sample today. Visit rnafreesample.com. That's rnafreesample.com. Or call toll-free 888-577-3703. Pay only shipping and handling for a free 30-day supply of RNA drops. Get the information you need and the health you want at rnafreesample.com. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. It's like a battlefield. There's a battle for the soul of America. We can't let him tear the kingdom down. This is no game. This is war. Flesh and blood. It's between the bad and good. We can't stop until the trumpet sound. This is war. Not a game we're playing. This is war. The only question is, which side will you be on? It's time now for a call to decision with Pastor Butch Paul. Satan's armies come to kill. This is war. Hello and welcome, my friends. This is Pastor Butch Paul, the fifth day of February, March 2013. Welcome to the program tonight, wherever you are tonight. We're glad you're with us. We're going to bring up a very special guest in a few minutes that you might want to talk, listen to and talk to for a while. I'll tell you about that in just a minute. But please, folks, don't forget... Our special, this, that they're going on with the t-shirts we have. I'm going to skim through these again. The t-shirts that you've got to have, with the pistol and the Bible on it. You've got to have one of these folks as a testimony to the people. Two things every American should know how to use, neither of which are taught in schools. We're starting to see them go out of here pretty quickly now. Your choice of colors, ladies, pink camo, green camo, blue camo, urban camo. 
Two things every American should know how to use. Neither of which are taught in schools. A 45 and a Bible on a t-shirt. This is one sharp-looking shirt. Now, do not forget also, next Monday night, if you're listening on shortwave on 5890, that will end on the 11th. We'll be going to 7520. We'll still be on 3.215 also. But you, uh, you have to move off the 885890 uh, eight, eight, and go to 7520. Beginning on the 11th. Folks, that's important you remember that, okay? And keep in mind, too, our specials on, on Behold a Pale Horse. If you have friends that want to see this, or a family that wants to see this, now's your chance to get their own copy for them. 15 bucks. You buy five or more. There's not been a more important film in my mind made in a lot of years, folks, that you should take advantage of. And the second half should be out sometime in the near future. That, that's the one that I'm on. I know, I know you're really excited about that. Ha, ha, ha. But anyway. We're going. This is available to us right now because of a generous offer from a, from Chuck Need Undersea. That let's get these things at a really good, really good price. So five or more, fifteen bucks a piece. Get some for your friends and family. Now's your chance. Don't wait. Do it. Okay, believe me, it's worth it. And for goodness' sake, if you haven't already done so, get a copy of this DVD or CD of Lieutenant McCoy and Mr. X. Now, we've been having some problems with some of these things not working. Don't worry. If it doesn't work, sometimes our duplicator, well, it's probably getting old, but things happen sometimes. DVDs and CDs don't play. You let us know. We'll send a new one out to you ASAP. That's a promise. Don't panic over that. But you get all the copies of them you want. Make copies of them if you like to. $12 for a DVD of either or Mr. X or Tim McCoy or CDs, $10. But these another thing that you should get for your family and friends. Believe me. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.